0: Hello to each one of you guys, um, I'm Nairobi Noboa, and we're going to have a little, small conversation about Japanese blood grass and basic, invasive species and the history of American agriculture. Um, the Japanese blood grass, uh, it was also called coron grass and Imperata cylindrica it's a perennial grass from the south east asia this grass is actually considered one of the world that the the taint worst uh weeds in the whole world but not just that we can see it a lot here in the united states believe it or not and most of the time we see it around virginia here in the united states um this grass was brought to the united states by accident Around the early 20th centuries, um, new people need a per- uh, Now, today people need a permit in order for them to move it to another state. But they also need um, the consent or another permit from the state they're gonna bring um, this grass to. Um, in conjunction. Um, that permit needs to be actually legal. It's, it's, it's something pretty um, um, controlled. In the United States, um, the state has always tried to keep control of this grass because it's a threat for other native plants because of how rapidly it grows. And it um, fights to the other trees for resources. And he fights for it, but it just, it fights for it, but it also wins the battle, actually. It um, takes all the, re, the uh, resources from the others' um, 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 trees. Um, from the beginning of American culture, around more or less uh, 1930, 1940, farmers were always facing um, a harvest of abundant forest. So there were too many uh, trees around the states and people uh, had to actually start cleaning it up. It was uh, pretty common for English to look around um, for products that they could be able to actually sell or negotiate in Britain. And that is how the first colonists found tobacco here in Virginia of the United States, Um, also, they found themselves pretty lucky because in those times, when they found the tobacco here in Virginia, um, the tobacco was pretty demanding in Europe, so they were able to actually um, have, you know, pretty good business and pretty good prices and uh, getting money for it. Uh, the production of tobacco became the first commu- uh, commodity for American um, agriculture, which we can say it was commercial. Um, pretty interesting, guys. Um how most of early American farmers used to just grow supplies that fulfill the um, local needs and their personal needs. But even if it looks like a simple system, uh, they also provided uh, supplies for, um, you know, not just their needs, but also for um, the community at that time, or like the close community at at the time. Um, Also, English colonists adopted um, the same farming methods um, from home to apply it in America, and using the same, you know, animals, the same planting or way of planting, the same seeds, um, they uh, got to start producing new products for the American land. It was actually pretty good in one in, in one side because they brought different stuff, but at the same time, they didn't know how to control it pretty well. Um, it was giving results, though. Um, it is very important to mention that after English people cleared the land to have some space and like that, they could you know, start producing tobacco and all the other um, things, they started learning f- uh, some tricks from their neighbors which you know who were the neighbors. The neighbors were the Native American Indians and which used to produce maize, uh, wheat, oats, barley, and rice. Pretty important that you guys know that maize was the the favorite um, um, source, you know, that Indian or American Indian used to produce and then the um the english they started producing the same because it was one of the easiest one to do and was one of the most demanding one so it was actually producing a lot of money after around 1880 farmers started to use mechanical equipment to help with farming they had success of course um when we talk about you know making business and with different rates so they became um the industry standard at that time um which it was very different to the farmers of chorus and tobacco that stay practically behind in the production part and not just in the production part but also in the price um because you know meaning that they were not making enough money to keep um uh producing um uh, tobacco farmers on the other hand started making uh, protests because uh the great depression hit the agriculture in America pretty hard and the production different um the the and the production of different of many different products you know what I mean So, um, people got freaked out and, you know, they were trying to um, just keep their families safe and with a plate of food in their table and things were getting crazier and crazier and it wasn't looking good for farmers. Moreover, after World War II, uh, when the machine revolution took place, uh, farmers started uh, using more mechanical machines to help to pick up corn with more efficiency instead of using humans um, hand, which wasn't good for the community and the people because they practically were losing their job. Um, most of the farmers around that time, like 1970, 1980, um, used to produce their own farming products for living. Um, the situation uh, was getting pretty dark at the time because they were facing pretty bad crisis produced, you know, of course, after World War Two, And we all know that. It was pretty hard actually for those farmers and farmers' families. And they started um to live practically in poverty. Farmers weren't rich. Farmers were just living okay. Um, with whatever they need, but they weren't missing anything at the time until, um, the crisis came in. Um, the situation got worse and worse. Farmers stayed with the same disadvantage, um, uh, for decades and decades. Um, but when they got brought, when they got pretty, actually, pretty bad, it was when they were separated from their land and. Um, they didn't become part of the new culture. It must be pretty frustrating um, for those people, you know, um, to be facing stuff like that after you have all your life, working on in your farm and taking care, and that farm taking care of your own family, and, and of, of course of you. Um, I think that they actually had a right to protest for what was going on. Um, it was a pretty, pretty difficult situation for them, and we all understand that. So um, this is my uh, podcast. I hope that you all have fun with me, and hopefully I can, um, you guys can listen to my next, my next podcast soon. so um, I hope that you guys have a great day or great night. I don't know what time you all guys are listening to it, um, and take care.